Hey everybody, welcome to my podcast. I hope you're doing well. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today, and I'm sure it's going to be a great episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. And hey, just as a reminder, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you like what you heard, feel free to share this with your friends and family, and make sure you send me a message. Let me know what you thought. Make sure you you let me know if there's something I could have done better or something you'd like to hear me talk about. If something stuck out and you really appreciated it, let me know that as well. You can find me on Facebook, Kevin Blaney. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm all over the place, but hey, reach out to me. Send me a text. Give me a phone call. I'd love to hear from you. Guys, let's get on with the show. Welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you here. Wanted to come to you this uh, this morning and talk a little bit about something that's been going on lately. If you have listened to any of my podcast episodes, you've probably heard me talk about the fact that there are people out there who are pushing a narrative. And this happens all the time, and it could be a, a whole number of narratives. But what we have now is a whole group of people who seem to have an agenda. And the sad thing is this agenda that they have, they feel that they have this self-righteousness to tell us about what we're doing wrong and what they're doing right. And this knocks of something that you've probably heard before. It's a term that gets thrown around a lot, but a lot of people don't understand what it would be. And that term is virtue signaling. So according to Wikipedia, which tells the truth in all ways at all times, as we all know, uh, says that virtue signaling is the public expression of a perceived moral viewpoint with the intent of communicating one's own self-perceived good character. So essentially to break that down, what it's saying is that people who engage in this are people who have some sort of self-righteous indignation. They believe that they are morally superior. They believe that their position is morally superior. Sometimes it's not because it's actually superior, but just because they feel that they are. Uh, Sometimes it's because they just feel that they are better than other people, or other times it's just because they have been told that this is the way to go. And, And we hear this all the time. You know, we've spoken before about people that they call Karens, people who uh, and this isn't a knock on people named Karen. I've known quite a few nice Karens. Uh, this is a knock on people who can't seem to keep their nose out of other people's business. How often have you heard a story about a nosy neighbor that that just won't go away? They're messing around. They're messing in your yard. They're letting their dog mess in your yard. They're all these things. How many times have you heard about somebody who calls the police on their neighbor or calls the police for random things that aren't, you know, that there's nothing illegal about. Uh, People who here in Fairmont have called the police because there's an airplane flying above. They don't understand that, yes, pilots have to practice, and yes, we live right close to an airport. Uh, Unfortunately, there are people, like I said, who just seem like, uh, it's like they have something that, that compels them to complain or to moan or to to let their opinions be known. And you can see this on Facebook all the time. If you go to Facebook to Fairmont Community, there's a group called Fairmont Community. It used to be, uh, I don't know if it's around anymore. There used to be one. It was like Fairmont Complaints, Concerns, Compliments, something of that sort. And what it was, there were almost no compliments. It was always 
somebody complaining about, well, my food didn't show up right, or somebody was rude to me, or somebody said something wrong to me, or somebody cut me off in traffic. You know, we have 30 of those things go on every day, but yet some people can't seem to get through life without getting online and, and causing a fuss. And the, the funny thing is, these are the same people, by the way, who would never ask for a manager. They would never speak to a manager or try and get something fixed. They'd just rather go and talk about it on Facebook. Um, now me, I uh, <laughs> if somebody does a good job, I'm going to let them know. If I'm not pleased with something, I'll let them know. I might not uh, cause a fuss there, but I'll probably go back home and I'll probably call the manager or the person who manages that facility and just let them know. And let me tell you why I would do that. And I've, I think I've said this before, but I need to say it again. Uh, whenever I was in training back in the day, we used to have this customer service training. And what they taught us at that point was that if you have a a customer who had a good experience, they might leave and tell one to two other people. However, if they leave with bad experiences, they're most likely going to tell seven to 10 people each. So you can imagine if you get bad word of mouth out there for just a couple people, that can grow exponentially. And of course, we all know that the story changes over time. So what happened actually isn't what they're saying it is. Uh, what happened could be far less serious than they're making it out to be. People never tend to err on the side of caution. They try and err on the side of, uh, of the grandiose and, and the, you know, and, and going uh, above and beyond larger than life. But one of the things that this, you know, virtual, vir <laughs> I can't even talk, virtue signaling, it kind of comes out to me with this whole COVID mess. It, it comes to the forefront forefront of my mind. I'm sorry, I can't think for some reason. It comes to the forefront of my mind because we have people out there who, like I've said before, they have watched TV. They have watched the news. They have watched Fauci tell them lie time after time after time, and they have bought it hook, line, and sinker. They're listening to a man who can't even get his story straight, and his emails show that, that he says one thing to one group of people, and to another he says something completely different. All the while, if you actually watch him in his public life, he has the mask on. In his private life, when he's at ball games, when the you know TV screen uh, isn't you know he isn't on the TV screen, whenever he isn't behind the camera, he takes his mask off just like everybody else. But yet he wants us to think that you know that he's in charge and he's the one who knows everything. And he's to me, he's a, a fool in every sense of the word. And since we're using the word fool. And the Bible is very serious about what a fool is. I want to talk about something here. Speaking of this virtue signaling, that kind of brought me back to thinking about someone who I guess would have been the original virtue signaler, uh, if that's a word. Uh, that would be the Pharisee and the tax collector, the, the, you know, the proverb that Jesus taught us or told us. And, you know, that can be found here in, uh, in the, book of Luke, it's chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. But uh, let me just read this to you, and, and we'll go over this. It says, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. I love that. I, I was not going to read that because that, was, that wasn't in red, but let me read that again. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Before I go on, let's think about that for a second. We have people, I have people in my life, I'm sure you do too, have people out there 
who, whenever they got their vaccination, it's not a vaccine, but whenever they got that shot in their arm, they had to take a picture of it. They had to take a picture of their card, take a picture of them getting the shot. You know, uh, the, the person who they call a vice president who I don't claim as a vice president, uh, she had to show everybody, Oh, it's, it's safe. We're getting our shots and we're so happy. We're so glad about it. They're so self-righteous. And that's what this says here, that they were so self-righteous and that they treated others with contempt. And that's what we're seeing across the board. You know, I, I was reading something earlier and don't worry, I will get back to this text here, but I was reading something earlier that made a lot of sense. And I thought I would share that with you. Uh, if I can find it here in just one second, because it actually, you know, is kind of crazy. And I'm sorry, but I'm having trouble finding the thing here. And I thought I had it available. Maybe I don't. Um, just to kind of push this out or point out what's going on, though, I'll, I'll tell you this real quick. Had a picture here I was looking at where... Um, they had shut down these rest areas. Yeah, I guess I don't have it saved here on the phone. It's, it was something I saw on Facebook. But they had these rest areas at a local park, not a local park here, just in this little community. And it said that they closed the outhouses in this community because of COVID, the outbreak. And then they put in these portajons outside as though that's any cleaner or better. Uh, just goes to show you that we're, we're ruled by morons. Uh, but I digress. If we get back to here, it was talking about treating others with contempt. What I was going to read you, and I, I really wish I would have saved it because it would have been great, but uh, I guess I didn't, is there is a man who essentially, he was from, uh, he was actually from Canada. And what he was telling people is that, um, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I did find it. Here we go. Sorry about that. This person, his name is Doug Little. And, um, and I think that's very fitting because his mentality is very little as well. Uh, that's, that is a perfect, you know, explanation or description, uh, of this man's, uh, mental gymnastics. He's a, he's a mental midget in every sense of the word. And the fact that he is, uh, he is contacting or replying to Keith Oberman tells me this guy is, is a real gem. He says, my position is that we must make the lives of the unvaccinated a total misery and just keep escalating the exclusions until we crush the resistance and break their spirit in order to force compliance. And so they learn not to resist government mandates. Now, to his defense, not that I really want to defend him at all, but in his defense, he is from Canada. He's from Vancouver. Uh, but still, let me, let me read that again. Cause this, as my uh, friend Chuck Ware said, he's a socialist and he's also a retired teacher in, uh, Ontario. Make no mistake. The school boards are full of people like him. Well, that's true. And it's not just the school boards that are full of people like him. It's also the school systems. It's the teachers that are in these schools as well. And that's because of the unions. Uh, they, they push for this stuff. This is exactly what they want. But let me read this one more time. Doug Little, my position is that we must my position is we must make the lives of the unvaccinated a total misery and just keep escalating the exclusions until we crush the resistance and break their spirit in order to force compliance. And so they learn not to resist government mandates. Now, government mandates are not laws. These edicts that people are just throwing around, you need to remember, we're not ruled by kings. We are ruled 
And I, I hate to use that word because we actually choose the people who are meant to serve us. They're not meant to be our rulers. They're meant to serve us. They're meant to serve at our pleasure. And not only that, they're meant to serve us because we have to work for a living. They're meant to go to Washington or to Charleston and to work for our benefit, not to work for their reelection, not to work for their pet projects. They're there to try and make our lives better. That is the reason they're there. And when this person here says that we need to crush the resistance and break their spirit, you know, I put a little reply in here. I said, I just wish that folks like him, and I use him in quotes because he's he seems to be a... <laughs> a a mental juvenile. But he says, uh, I just wish that folks like him tried to crush anything other than a white claw. Uh, he would quickly find out that Americans aren't to be toyed with. Luckily for him, he is in Canada and he doesn't have the armed resistance that this nation has at the ready. So what we have here is we have someone who he's, he's fortunate to live where he does because he's sitting on this high horse just like this Pharisee. He is so convinced of his own moral superiority that he feels the need to talk down to those uh, who he doesn't agree with. You know, I call him names and I have no trouble with that because he's, he's essentially, you know, telling us of how ignorant we are, how stupid we are because we choose not to get this vaccine or because we choose not to shut our lives down. You see, what you have to remember is that people who own businesses they don't just own these businesses so they can be rich. In fact, people who think that business owners are rich have most likely never owned a business before. I can think of about 10 people right off the top of my head that are business owners that are not rich. And I'll tell you what, they get their paycheck last. Their workers get their paycheck first. The people that they owe money to, the companies that these businesses owe money to, they pay that first. You know, all these things go out first before the owner gets any money. So these people who think that these business owners can just shut down indefinitely are idiots. They are in every sense of the word. They are idiots because they don't understand how things work. And it's not just that they don't understand. You know, you can be, uh, as Michael Jackson said, you can be ignorant, ignorant. It's all ignorance. Ignorant is not a bad word. You can be ignorant. You can, you can be at a position where you do not know. And that is not a sin. It's not a sin to not know something. In my mind, it is. I don't want to say it's a sin, but it is. Um, it is a, a very, very sad thing to go through life without knowing, without learning, without having a zest for knowledge or a desire to improve yourself or a desire to learn more. What is a problem, though, is when people try to do what this man here says is to crush resistance and break their spirit. To me, those are fighting words. That's something you would do to your enemy. That's something you would try and do. That's what we tried to do to Japan. You know, when we dropped nuclear bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we did that to break their spirit. We did that to crush their, you know, their resistance. Because if we didn't, they're going to keep kamikaze bombing our, our ships, our battleships, our, um, you know, our aircraft carriers and things of that sort, they would have continued probably until they had nobody left because that's what they are willing to do. We did what we did because it had to be done. This man is wanting to do something because he doesn't agree with what we think. And 
you know, he can think whatever he wants. He can believe whatever he wants. But the fact of the matter is the facts point out something different. The facts point out that this virus is not the be all end all. It's not the end of the world as people made it out to be. And furthermore, if you remember back when Dr. Burks and Fauci were working for Donald Trump, what did we hear before? They said, even if everything goes perfectly, we are going to have between one to two, maybe two and a half million deaths um, from this. And now you look, we're about a year and a half in. And where are we? Well, they say it's 600,000, but I don't believe that because they're counting uh, people with COVID, not people dying from COVID. Prime example, if you look at, they had an accident down in Florida, a motorcycle accident. Somebody passed away after a motorcycle crash. Well, they considered that a COVID death, even though he did not die from COVID. There are people in hospices, uh, in these nursing homes that are under the care of hospice, rather, that are dying. They have been told that they have however long to live. Well, if they get COVID and then die, they say, well, they, they had COVID. It was a, co a COVID positive death. Well, just because it was COVID positive doesn't mean that they died because of COVID. If they're already under hospice care, they were on their way out the door. I'm, I'm sorry to be so blunt, but let's not kid ourselves. Hospice care is not there for newborns who are in perfect health. They're there for people who are who are in their very last days. And by the way, hospice care is, is amazing. I've had family members who have been under that. And let me say the people who do that sort of work, that line of work are to me, they're angels to be able to do that work and to care for people as they do is a wonderful thing. And I thank them for that, but let's not kid ourselves. People who are under hospice care are not a perfect model of health. And whenever you try and make it out, as though these people wouldn't have died had it not been for COVID. That is a complete and utter lie, and that should not be uh, furthered. But we have people who are interested in driving up the numbers. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of something else. Do you remember back when uh, President Bush, uh, you know, not H.W., it was uh, President George W. Bush. If you remember what happened back then, the news media was trying their best to, to crush his presidency. So what did they do when we went to war? They put the deaths, the American uh, soldier deaths up on the screen. Now, I do want to recognize those who have fallen uh, in defense of our nation, trying to protect our nation and our interests abroad. But what I don't support is using their deaths as a political ploy like the left has done. These people wanted to get George Bush out of office. So what did they do? They kept putting these deaths up there like it was a game. They are toying with the deaths of soldiers in order to make a political point. And we know that that's the case because what happened when Obama got to office? Well, all of a sudden they quit doing that. Just all of a sudden there were, there were no more deaths. You know, nobody was dying anymore in Iraq or Afghanistan once uh, Obama got in there. But I digress. Let's go ahead and read. I, I said we were going to read this. Let's get back to it. So the Pharisee and the tax collector. Let's get to verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, I tell you, rather, 
This man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, you hear me say that, and, and no, I'm not trying to say that the people who are pushing for you know these, quote, vaccinations, unquote, are, are the Pharisees. I'm not necessarily saying that. However, I'm drawing a, uh, a comparison between the, the mindset of people. I don't want the vaccine. I have no desire to get it. I have no need for it. I will not take it. No desire to get it ever. And that is not going to change. However, if someone does feel the desire to go get it, more power to them. If that makes them feel good, then go ahead and do it. I almost feel this way um, concerning this, kind of like a guy I listen to on the radio. There's a gentleman I love listening to has a car show. It's called Agco Auto, A-G-C-O Auto. And this is down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And he tells people, look, you know, he's, he's not a fan of buying a new car. He's almost like Dave Ramsey in that, in that case, where he believes that you should buy a car and maintain it and keep it for a long time, get your money's worth. However, there are some people out there who, let's face it, they just like buying a new car. They like having a new car all the time. They like the feeling that gives them. And to them, it's worth the money that they're going to pay, the money they're going to lose, rather, of driving that vehicle off the lot. These are people who understand that when they drive that car off the lot, probably a quarter of the value is is on its way out. And this is why you can buy a $150,000 Porsche in three years for $50,000 or $60,000. It's because these vehicles, uh, you know, the, the price will come down. They are, these prices are not realistic. And you can tell that. And that's why if you ever lease a car, that's why you get these low monthly rates, but they want four or $5,000 up front. That's because they're trying to get the depreciation right off the top from that lump sum payment that you're offering. So I say all that to say this, if, as Louis Althazan says, if buying that car is going to make you happy, if that's going to be the, you know, the thing that brings you happiness in this life, then go ahead and buy that car. However, don't tell me that because I didn't buy that car that I'm any less of a, of a good individual or a person as you happen to be. All that tells me is you like driving a new car. That does not tell me you're better than anyone else. And these people who believe that because they have the vaccine, they are morally superior to anyone else. That is not true. When you try and tell me that I'm killing grandma or whatever, because I'm not getting the vaccine or because I'm not wearing a mask, that is untrue. These are the same people, by the way, if we remember back, who told us earlier that whenever we got constitutional carry here in the state of West Virginia, that there are going to be people dying in the streets. That never happened. In fact, they told us it was going to be akin to the OK Corral. There were just going to be these shootouts left and right, and it never happened. This is what the left does, and it's getting absurd. There's also another post. I really wish I could find it, and I'll, I'll see if I can find it while I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm not very good at doing that uh, necessarily, but if I could find that for you, which I just did, um, this is great because this tells you exactly how things work. And I'm not going to say this is just the left, but this is what happens, it seems, all the time. These are all the fears going back to 2000. And let's let's think about these. The year 2000, Y2K is going to destroy everything. I remember being in California the night that uh, 1999 to 2000, I was there for the Pasadena Rose Bowl parade with the band. You know what? Nothing happened. They told us that 
whole markets were going to shut down. The whole country was just going to shut down because computers couldn't figure out how to go from 1999 to 2000. That turned out to be a lie. 2001, anthrax was going to kill everybody. That never happened. 2002, West Nile virus was going to kill us all. That didn't happen. 2003, it was going to be SARS. That didn't happen. 2005, the bird flu was going to kill everybody. Nope. 2006, E. coli. If you remember that, E. coli. Well, if we didn't have people urinating and defecating out in the fields of all this, uh, you know, these vegetables that people were eating, uh, maybe we could get rid of a lot of these bacteria, but I digress. That's kind of what you get when you bring in illegal people to do work that Americans should be doing. <clears throat> anyway, so that's what we have. 2006 was E. coli, and we're still here. 2008, the financial uh, collapse was going to kill us. Did you know that if you left your money in during that financial collapse, let's say you had money in there, it's pretty much tripled since 2008, if I'm not mistaken. The people who lost were the people who took out their money. You only lose when you sell. When you sell, you lock in your losses. But I digress. 2009, it was the sli uh, <laughs> slime. The swine flu was going to kill everybody. 2012, it was the Mayan calendar said that the world was going to be ending. That didn't happen. 2013, North Korea was going to cause uh, World War III. They were going to kill us all. Ebola was in 2014. ISIS in 2015. By the way, Trump kind of eradicated ISIS, didn't he? You don't hear about them anymore, but I digress. 2016 was uh, Zika virus. You know, all those uh, pregnant women, it was going to kill their kids. And in 2020, here we are with the coronavirus, and it still hasn't killed us. It still hasn't killed us. Even with these inflated numbers, there have only been about 600,000 people who have died. And by the way, we have 30 to 50,000 people who die from uh, the flu every year. And we have these uh, viruses that you can, or not viruses, we have vaccines for the flu uh, that you can take. Now, they're not always foolproof because they're not always the right um, you know, strain that we're treating, but we have a vaccination for that. And still people die every year. However, we've never encouraged people to wear masks for that, but I digress. This is, this is a pandemic. This is, uh, the most deadly pandemic pandemic we've ever seen. And, and that's evident by the fact that we're wearing cloth masks over our face. Um, it's, it's just crazy, but look, I said all this to say <clears throat> the following. If you want to wear a mask, great. If you don't, great. If you want to get the, the shot in your arm, great. Go for it. If you don't, perfect. It should not be something that we say, you know what, I'm, I, I've decided that you need to wear a mask. Why? Well, because I feel comfortable when you do. <laughs> well, sorry. I, I don't, I really don't care about your feelings. Um, you know, it's, it, it's none of your business. You know, one of the things that bothers me, let me say this and then I'll have to go. Time's about up. I listen to this. I hate to call it country because it's not, but the new, what they consider to be country songs. Every single song is about drinking. Every single song. I, I challenge you. I might be wrong on this, but I challenge you. I listened to probably three hours of new hit country music tonight. And every single song talked about drinking or white claws or tequila or rum or whatever. It, they almost, it's almost as if they think that every single person who listens to country music is an alcoholic and a deadbeat, because that's about how it sounds when you listen to these songs. You know, none of these songs rise to the level of Alabama. Alabama didn't have to talk about getting drunk, getting hammered, you know, all the time. They talked about love songs. They talked about, uh, you know, close enough to perfect for me. Um, 
you know, there's some great songs that they did and they didn't have to talk about that. But like I said, it's just, uh, it's something that bugs me, but you know what? I'm not going to go out and slam Luke Bryan because of it. I'm not going to go out and slam Luke Combs or any of the others or, or Gary Allen or Eric church. I'm not going to go and talk bad about them because of that. If that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. I just won't listen. But what we have is people who say, well, I don't like it. So you need to stop or you need to do this. No, welcome to the United States of America. We are allowed to do as we please. And if you don't like that, then you can just walk on down the road. And if you don't like listening to the podcast, go ahead and find another one. Uh, I do this for my enjoyment. And obviously after 1100 or so plays, I think other people have begun listening as well. So, you know, this isn't me trying to knock anybody. Hey, like I said, do what makes you happy. And if you're afraid, then definitely, uh, you know, keep more than six feet, keep 50 feet from me, you know, everybody, if that's what you want to do. But what I don't want you doing is I don't want you telling me that all these business owners who put their heart and soul into their company need to shut down again. And let me say this too. We had a meeting at Copper House Grill good food. I like going there. We go there for our EAA meetings. They just told us that we're not going to be able to do meetings there anymore. You know why? Because they're worried about this virus that they're going to be, uh, you know, that, that they're going to be restricted in how many people they can keep in their building. Look, if I want to go to the Copper House Grill, I don't care what the city or the county health department says. If I decide to go there, that's on me. If I get sick, that's on me. These people who think that they know better than you or know better than me are ridiculous. Like I said, they work for me. I don't, I don't live under their rule and nor should I, and nor should the owner of that establishment be forced to take back the amount of people he's allowed to have in there. If people want to go there and eat, they should be allowed to. And I tell you what these companies need to do. These restaurants and all these businesses need to stand up against this or else they're going to lose their business. We've seen probably, I think it was 50 to 60% of small businesses have closed because of this COVID mess. And that's what it is. It's a joke. I can understand back before we knew what was going on, you know, that let's just be careful. Heck, I went to my parents' house and I was going to stay there and ride this out for a while. Yeah, because I didn't want to get them sick. And I thought if I go stay with them, then, you know, I won't have to worry about going out. We can just eat and stay together. But I learned very quickly that that was not going to be something that I could do in the long term. And I went out in the general public. These people need to push back. And I'm tired of the virtue signaling. And it needs to stop. Guys, I'm out of time. Once again, thanks for stopping by. I hope you heard something you enjoyed. And if not, I hope you leave me a message. Also, check my Facebook page. I have a uh, Facebook page um, you know, on the road again with Red Fox. I'd love for you to check that out. Guys, thanks a lot for stopping by. And let's do this again sometime. Take care, guys.